Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of LVAD Talk. I am your host, Sean Connors, and today we have one of our LVAD All-Stars with us. Miss Olivia Rose is back with us. How are you doing today, Olivia? Good, how are you? I am awesome. So since we've talked, um, we've made um, a lot of uh, a lot of progress with the whole COVID situation. Me, you, and, a lot. yeah. <laughs> me, and you both have me, and you both have gotten vaccinated. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've taken your first major trip since the vaccination. Mm, okay. But, <laughs> hey, going from DC to Florida, that's major. Yeah. I mean, my dad had to drive thirteen hours to pick me up and bring me back to Florida. Yeah, that's what dads are for. Let me stop for my daughter. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he can't pick me up and bring me back here to enjoy the pool. Yeah. The beach before Yeah, I say you can do that now. You 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 Elvad free. Yes. Yeah, you can do that. I I was mm-hmm. so jealous looking at your pictures. Oh, <laughs> all that water looks so good. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So was that your first time getting in the pool and going to the in beach? A, in a pool, in the yeah. pool, yes. My wow. first time in the, in the pool. Last year I went to the beach. I didn't really get in the water though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that counts. Oh, so what was it like getting <laughs> in the pool for the first time? Please tell me because I can't wait. Um, I can't. I can't actually breathe under, under like not not breathe. I can't hold my breath uh-huh. in the water. That sounds stupid, but I can't do it anymore. Huh. But you got to be in the water. Yeah, it's nice. But I want to be able to breathe like underwater. Not breathe under. It sounds stupid. Like be able to breathe while I'm not breathe. Okay. Be able to um hold my breath while I'm under underwater. I okay. can't do that anymore. Okay. I have to relearn everything. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel I'm gonna be the same way because I that was one of yeah. the few physical things that I actually enjoy doing. I used yeah. to love mm-hmm. to swim, and I haven't been in a pool in about six, almost seven years now. Wow. Yeah. So when I was um. I'm with what two? No, three years. Was it three years? Since 2018, so yeah, three years. Yeah. So once I do get in there, I mean, I know how to swim no more, but I'm gonna be yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> so we was talking, and you said it was a couple of things that you wanted to talk about. You wanted to address that you didn't get a chance to talk about during your first um, visit yes. to the podcast. So what mm-hmm. is on your mind, Miss Rose? Um, my stroke, first of all, mm-hmm. first and foremost, well, my first and my second stroke, mm-hmm. those were really, really like trivial times. Like they were really, really, like, it was really hard to see myself as a human being. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I had to go through so much, um, therapy, mm-hmm. speech therapy, um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, all of that just to be. It was to function, be able to function in this world today. So when you had your, all right, so you had two strokes and they were mm-hmm. both before you had your LVAD, right? Yes. 
All right. So uh, I guess there's no way of saying is it which one was worse. I guess either way, is it's a bad situation. Actually, the second one was worse than the okay. first one. Okay. So yeah. did both of them, did you like lose your ability to speak or, you know, how do you say? The first you- one, yeah, the first one, I lost the ability to speak, but it came back. Like, like literally, they gave me the TPA medicine, TIA medicine, mm-hmm. and it came back within like five minutes of them giving me the medication. Mm-hmm. The second one wasn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. Like the second one, they had to actually go in and do a, um, they had to remove the clap from my brain. Mm-hmm. That was a whole ordeal. Right. Yeah. Um, that one, that one was really was really bad. I lost all the feeling on my right hand, my right my right side. So I know that that has to be a scary situation. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm a podcaster. If I lost my ability to speak, I don't know what I would do. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. So on the second time, how long was it before you got your speech back? I'm still working on it. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Two years later and I'm still working on it. <laughs> so y'all don't let this, don't let Olivia fool you. Olivia, what are you talking about? Olivia. <laughs> is a great role model she 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 inspires me olivia was a professional bodybuilder before her stroke and she gets in every day with the weights right now (laughs) so yeah don't let her fool you now she's came she's come a long way and i'm very proud of her oh thanks (laughs) yeah man so you so you went from losing the ability to use your right side your right hand and like, even writing, writing is hard for me right now. Okay. Like my writing is terrible. It's terrible. Horrible. Do you, do you still <laughs> go through like physical therapy for it? No. Mm-mm. Okay. It's just something I have to keep, I have to keep using it and using it. So I get, I have like, the, I have the book where you can write in the book. Mm-hmm. You actually trace the letters. Mm-hmm. I have that book. So it's <laughs> like relearning how to write again. Yes. Everything again. Right. I, I can't, I can't dance. Uh-huh. I can't. Well, I couldn't do that in the first place. So. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it's if, it, if it's fear, fear of embarrassing myself, or uh-huh. or what it is. But I can't. Just can't dance with other people. Uh-huh. Well, with the okay. So with the writing thing, is it like going back to elementary school and learning yes. all over again? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So now let me ask you this, because I'm I'm just curious. Is it different mm-hmm. for you writing like standard? Uh, letters versus cursive yeah it's different mm-hmm. is it harder My cursive is actually terrible okay. <laughs> right now wow yeah i actually write much slower than what i used to uh-huh. so how long was it before during the second stroke how long was it before you got your ability to speak back <laughs> that's a crazy question um i don't know Cause after I had the stroke, I had I was back in the hospital within four days that I, that I got discharged, mm-hmm. and then I had the LVAD within three weeks later. Okay. So all that all that is a is a, is a blur. Right. So you right. went through you were going through stroke therapy and heart therapy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, basically. Wow. Actually, I was in the hospital for the stroke, mm-hmm. and then I got sent back home, and I wasn't my my parents said I wasn't right, so then they brought me back to the hospital. It took them forever to figure out what was wrong with me. And then when they found out I had a heart, my heart um, ejection fraction was lower than what it, what it had ever been. Mm-hmm. Then they took me to the heart, the cardiac floor. 
Okay. So uh, while you were dealing with your heart issues, all right, so a lot of times, have you ever um, heard the saying where, like, if you get a headache and then somebody steps on your foot, your foot hurts, so you forget about the headache? Mm-hmm. Was it one of those things where the heart issue kind of took over from the stroke or were you still Yeah, aware? the heart issue. The heart issue actually took over from the stroke. Okay. I was aware I had, I had a stroke, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think I wasn't able to talk. I wasn't able to um, express myself with words or communicate with words at all. Mm-hmm. I had to, I would have to um, type something up on my phone for everybody to see. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. But I know, so, because I, I follow you and we talk to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I see how much progress you have made. So, mm-hmm. you know, you telling you that me that story and me sitting here smiling is because I know how far you came. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, think that I is incredible. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. All glory to God. Of Thank course. It's all God. It's okay. all God. Don't get me in here shouting. I couldn't I, I I have made it this far without God. You know, we just got out of church yesterday. Don't get me in here shouting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to hold it down. Now you better stop. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all—it's true. It's all God. All—all—all all, all of this, everything, everything I've been through, everything that I've, I'm going through—it's mm-hmm. all God. Yes. Yeah, we can't do it without Walking him. Miracle. Mm-hmm. And it's, sometimes He has a way of getting your attention. Yes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I can relate to that because He definitely got my attention, and I've—I've I've always talked about how you know I came up a preacher's kid. So I've, mm-hmm. I've always been involved in, you know, church and religion yeah. and being mm-hmm. spiritual. But I feel mm-hmm. like when I went through my experience, that was him slowing me down enough that mm-hmm. I can listen to him speak to me. Me too. You know? Me too. Oh. So what else is on your mind? Um, let's talk about recovery from... From, oh, LVAD surgery. Okay. That was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, so uh, you were the first person I had on the show that had actually had a transplant. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things I was asking about, you know, how the two were. And everybody I've talked to since then was like, you're right. It's like the LVAD recovery is way worse than the transplant recovery way worse like it was so bad <laughs> which gives me and mind you mind and, you i had to actually recover from a stroke and and the elvat right so it was, right it was, sometimes it was harder but you know that kind of gives me hope because i'm like yeah when I, when they do call it's gonna be a piece of cake because <laughs> <laughs> i got through the first one so you know i can get yeah, through the second uh-huh. one mm-hmm. so what was your recovery like i mean um was a lot of physical um, so, therapy. um, yeah, the physical therapist had to come to the house to see me. The, the speech therapist had to come to my house. The occupational therapist had to come to my house, and, and a nurse had to come to my house three days a week. <laughs> but so being was... <laughs> being an athlete, though, with a because I know your work work ethic, was that more of a challenge toward for you? Nah, bro. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it wasn't. It was not. In any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it was not it was enjoyable. Terrible. Yeah. Mm-mm. 
My mom had to had to bathe me all the time. Uh-huh. Wasn't wasn't. So wasn't was it the physical challenges or was it the um, mental challenges? Physical and mental, but mental more than physical. Yes. Mental, mental, mental health, mental health. Mm. Mental health is very important um, when you're going through these things. This is so important. Mm-hmm. Like I- my mom. Huh? What were you gonna say? Go ahead. Go no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Like my mom, I wasn't acting myself. She could mm-hmm. tell I wasn't myself. I wasn't the bubbly person that I, I usually am. Mm-hmm. Um, she just saw me like just basically looking at life with a um, with a downward. What is that? Downward. Um, what's the thing? What, what do you call it when you're um down on life? Down on life. Okay. She had to me I had to see a therapist. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times though, especially with the surgery and your nurses, and they mm-hmm. they are always emphasizing the physical recovery, but I think right. maybe they need to look more into preparing you mentally for what that's yes. like. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us, Actually, you know, we're we're strong going into it, and then right. when you're independent and then you have to rely on somebody else, exactly that you take a hit, you know, in your mm-hmm. confidence. Mm-hmm. Confidence, that's the word, confidence. I have no, had no confidence at all. I had these batteries stuck to me. I had to walk around with batteries everywhere. Mm-hmm. But my confidence was at an all-time low. So were you self-conscious about the batteries? Yes, I was. Yeah. <laughs> at first, at first I was. Mm-hmm. But later on, I, I accepted it. Yeah. I can't front. I was too. Because uh, I was like, <laughs> I look like I got a purse. Why, <laughs> why am I walking around with a purse? And people are going to think I have a purse. <laughs> but then, you know, me being me, after I got it together, I was like, how can I make this fly, though? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I was there. And I think, you know, that's one thing, you know, men we might have to deal with that you guys don't. Mm-hmm. It's easy for yeah. you to get away with a bag because people yeah, are used to women having bags. But when I walk out the house with a purse, like, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. It's really terrible when you have to go to, um, like, games and stuff like that, especially mm-hmm. with metal detectors. Yes. And you, can, you can't go in the metal detectors. I remember the first time I, I had to go to court. Yeah, after I had my so own bag. And the dude was like, come on through. And I was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean all? I was like, hold on, calm down. <laughs> calm down. I can't go through. I got a medical device. So then they made me come around and they wind you down. And, and he felt me up a little bit. And I was like, I'm not sure what? if that was a part of the whole <laughs> protocol. <What>? <laughs> <laughs> because you yeah. can't go through the metal detector. So they kind of yeah. got to be a little... Physical, yeah, it's embarrassing. You. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Why do I have to stand to the side and do all this? And everybody's looking at you like, oh, what does that person have? What do they, what do they have? Right. Yeah. What are they? A terrorist? What they got? Exactly. <laughs> and it's quite annoying. honestly, that's one of the reasons I haven't flown because I just don't feel like dealing with yeah. the hassle. I haven't. I didn't fly when I had my bed at all. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. Wanna... I'm always too worried about if there was a hospital. If there was a hospital um, here, there's a hospital there. A hospital. There's not a hospital that we couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I didn't travel anywhere with my bed. I one of the things that led me to my LVAD was um, I had um, what do you call it? Like 
when you had the uh, fast beating heart. And so, Arrhythmias? Yeah, I had the AFib. AFib. Okay. And I noticed one of the times where I, I went to major AFib and didn't realize I was traveling for work and flew from Virginia to Boston. And when mm-hmm. I landed, it was just like my heart just started beating and it wouldn't stop. Like it lasted for like three days before I finally said huh? something to somebody. Yeah, it was bad. I was taking mad risks back then. I didn't know. <laughs> Bruh, really? But I think, you know, it was the airplane had something to do with it. I think the altitude and the yeah. pressure mm-hmm. might yeah. have, like if I would have stayed down on the ground, I maybe mm-hmm. wouldn't have noticed it. But I think that mm-hmm. has something to do with it. So back in my yeah. mind, I'm like, I really don't want to fly right now. Yeah, that's not that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. And then I spoke with another um, young man who was skiing when his episode started. What? And he went to AFib, but he was in, he was in the mountains in Colorado and was oh, up, wow. you know, thirty thousand feet. And I wow. really think that, you know, the correlation with the altitude, the yeah, lack of air, yeah. Yeah, it definitely has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, and that's one thing I want to talk to you about, like, um, how, especially mentally, mentally it affects us. Like, mm-hmm. do you have any, like, I have, I have this reoccurring nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. It's funny, we talked about the water earlier. Mm-hmm. I have this nightmare that... You know, I live in in the Hampton Roads area. There's beaches, mm-hmm. there's beaches and water everywhere. And to me, water is my kryptonite. I do everything I can do to stay away. Is that water? Yeah, right, mm-hmm. to stay away from unnecessarily being wet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, because uh, you know, water and electricity don't mix. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. <laughs> so I have this reoccurring nightmare that I'm on this fishing pier. And mm-hmm. one of the boards breaks while I'm walking over and I fall into the water. That. <laughs> Happen all the time. <laughs> Happen all the time. Yeah. So do you still, even though now that you're, you haven't, no. you don't have your LVAD and you have your transplant, do you still go through things like that? No. It's more along the lines of um, being on a boat <laughs> okay. and going down. I have that too. When I had, when I had the LVAD. <laughs> yeah. I have that too. One of my, uh, my church, um, we have a very active men's group, and one mm-hmm. of the trips they took uh, right before COVID was a, a fishing trip on the boat, uh, you know, out mm-hmm. into the Atlantic and deep sea fishing. And I wanted to go so bad, mm-hmm. but no, nah. I was not getting in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I'm not doing the boat. I'm sorry. Yeah. My cousin actually wanted to do a boat ride. Um, for her, her um, wedding, her um, the bachelorette party, uh-huh. and I was like, I'm not going on a boat. No, mm-hmm. Right, I'll send you <laughs> send you a gift card or something, but I'm not getting on the boat. <laughs> yeah, I was not. So the other day, I, uh, we have these tunnels here, and they go underwater. Like, yeah, I seen from, them. yeah. So mm-hmm. I caught a flat on the bridge, on the way uh-huh. through the tunnel. I caught a flat tire. My tire blew out. So we're on this bridge and the speed limit is supposed to say, I feel different now that I've had this experience. The speed limit is supposed to be 55, mm-hmm. but you know, when you get on that bridge, we do about 80, 85 mm-hmm. because it's a bridge. The cops can't do nothing to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you got that long stretch. So people just usually hit it. My mm-hmm. tire blowing had to get on the side of water on the side of the bridge. And all you can see is when you get out, 
the water straight the water. there. Yes. And then the bridge is shaking because the, the cars oh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, oh. How'd you do it? How'd you do it that? I had to have a drink after I got home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's crazy yeah it's the little things what? that you know set you off like because we had to stay in the car until like the um the emergency people came and they stopped mm-hmm. the, they have to stop the tunnel or at least one of the yeah, lanes so you can go yeah and then mm-hmm. they, they pull you on out of there and they help you and they change your tire or whatever but when mm-hmm. you get out of the car we we had i was on the driver's side i put over to the side i had to go walk around the back and all i can see was the water and it's only like this little concrete thing that may be like four or five feet high. Mm-hmm. I know. It was night, but no. What? That's yeah. crazy. Even, was, I, even, even I would be scared. <laughs> it was not like I'm a grown man. I was like, y'all hurry up and get off this damn bridge. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to get off the bridge? Well, maybe about 30 minutes. It's a long time. Because <laughs> yeah, we had to wait. I had to call. Um, nine one one. Talk to state police. State police had to call the tunnel people. And one of the great things about living down here in Virginia, though, is mm-hmm. our tunnel people don't play. So it took them maybe ten minutes to get to me. Then they had to stop oh, traffic. Okay. And yeah, but it's a major. Like I felt bad for people because I've I'm I've been one to cuss people out because of the tunnel being backed up. And now mm-hmm. I see, you know. Now look at you, look at you. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sorry, y'all. I caused the tunnel to be stopped, so. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. But yeah, I still, I have issues with water and I love water so much. Me too, I love water. Actually, the beach experience was great here, down here in Florida. Mm-hmm. So great. Yeah. So we're getting in the water and getting everything wet, your hair and, yeah. and everything, your old body wet everything i can't wait for that experience mm-hmm. I, i've said it time and time again soon as i have my surgery soon as i'm clear mm-hmm. i'm gonna find me uh, either airbnb or hotel with one of those big you ever seen the movie scarface i wish yes you remember that scene where he's in that big tub in his bed bathroom mm-hmm. is in the floor yes. with the yes. bubbles and mm-hmm. bless that's gonna be me Goals, goals. That's gonna be me. I don't, I don't smoke cigars, but I'm gonna have me a cigar. It's gonna be there. It's gonna be a prop. <laughs> I will have you. Um, I don't think that. Nah, that nah. That's never been. That's my my style. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally take the Scarface picture in the bathtub with the bubbles mm-hmm. and the, the scar. Mm-hmm. And yes. Yes. Greatness. <laughs> so, what else is on your mind? Um, let me think. Um. Did you have to do cardiac rehab? Yes and no. It wasn't really that bad. Like most of my rehab was done um, in the hospital, but I was, I'm very hard headed. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was like, no, I'm going to do as much as I can. Uh, what? <laughs> I, yeah. I think at my home health nurse came maybe about five times, if that. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time. surgery? Yeah. After my LVAS surgery. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't. She had, she had to come two days a week. <laughs> I was I was trying to change my bandage after like the third month. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't move my right hand. I'm, I'm right handed, by the yeah. way. So I couldn't do any of that stuff. But that's because you were still dealing with the stroke, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you, okay. So let me ask you this about your stroke. Do you think that 
Um, well, we we do know that strokes and the heart issues are related. Yes, they are. Do you think now that you went through what you did um, heart wise that mm-hmm. you you I want to say heal, but you have less of a chance of having problems with strokes again? Actually, no. Actually, the more times you have strokes, is the more times that you're more likely to have another stroke. Mm-hmm. So I'm a high I'm a high stroke stroke risk patient. Okay. Always. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's always amazed me about you, though, is that you're so athletic, but still ended up having heart problems. I was the healthiest person in my house. Yes. In my family. And that's that's a that's just. I ate healthy. I worked out seven days a week. I did everything you're supposed to do, and I still got sick. Yeah. But again, like well, I said, my dad's side of the family, they had bad hearts on his side of the family. So it was hereditary. Yeah, it's hereditary. Yeah. Yeah. And it skips a generation. Yeah. And you know, so by us being African American, black folks, we mm-hmm. have a higher risk of, of having heart problems. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because of things that happened in history mm-hmm. that we didn't have control yes. over. Nope, we didn't. I'm trying to be very politically correct. <laughs> I know. But I damn it, it's because of slavery. It's because of slavery. It's because of Tulsa. Oh, hey, hey, you see my shirt? You see the shirt? Hey, I like it. It's nice. Yeah. My great-grandmother was a survivor of Black Wall Street. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, all that's, all that's related. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. about slavery... One of the things about slavery that makes us so susceptible to susceptible, susceptible, one of the words is <laughs> susceptible. You're right. Is our bad diet that we was fed for mm-hmm. hundreds of years? Mm-hmm. Like they gave us the the parts that they didn't want, and mm-hmm. we had to do what we can do with it. And yep. you know, I don't care how many times you eat pig guts; it's just not good for you. Mm-mm. And then you think about the crossbreeding that they did to, you know, make sure that they had uh, certain kind of slaves or certain, um, like, the field slaves are going to be, they want you to be big mm-hmm. and strong. So they crossbred mm-hmm. a lot of people. And, you know, you, over the years and years and years and years, that's why we have problems with high blood pressure, diabetes, and, mm-hmm. you know, we still don't aren't properly educated on, you know, the mm-hmm. correct diet and physical activity. Mm-hmm. So I believe that's why it's hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my dad's side, they have bad hearts. I think he had um, a cousin mm-hmm. that died. She died at like 20, 20, 25 or something like that. Mm-hmm. That died really young because he had a heart problem. Yeah, it runs in my family. My grandfather, that's how he passed away. You know, mm-hmm. I had problems with cousins and things. And I think I was the worst one, though, because I, I was born with my heart issue. You know, you I were had, born with it? Yeah, I had open heart surgery oh. when I was three. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, But besides then, I didn't have any problems till I was 40. But yeah, I had um, atrioceptive defect repair. Basically, it was oh. a big heart murmur. And I had okay. open heart surgery when I was three. It was real new back then. And mm-hmm. I was one of the first kids in the United States to have that surgery. 
Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think my um, my aunt had a hole in her heart, or my uncle and my uncle had a hole in her heart, or my aunt and my aunt had a heart murmur. Mm-hmm. But it never turned into anything. A lot of and times, my dad, my dad is fine. A lot of times, as you mm-hmm. grow, it heals itself. Mm-hmm. But yeah. In, in my case, it didn't. It was like a little mm-hmm. flat, so they had to go in there and repair it. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So, what was I going to say? After transplant surgery, the walking and stuff, mm-hmm. there's um, the, um, the, what do you call it? The rehab? Is it rehab? Not rehab. The, um, what do you call it? Physical the, therapy? Um, no, the um, recovery. Recovery. Uh-huh. <laughs> recovery was so different for the um, the transplant. They had me, they had me up and walking. Mm-hmm. Like the day I woke up, they had me walking. Yeah. Up and walking, I had all these these IVs and everything in me, and I had the um, you call it things the the chest um, you call it the chest um. Was the it the, the drainage things? Yeah, the, the drain yeah the drainage yeah. things and mm-hmm. everything hanging off of me mm-hmm. and you're walking. It's crazy. Yeah, I hate that pole. <laughs> Why? All right. So first of all, <laughs> when you have a surgery like LVAD or transplant, yeah, you automatically a fall risk, right? Then, like you said, you got all this stuff hanging off of you, and you're trying mm-hmm. to walk. And I, I know you had the yellow fuzzy socks. They make everybody mm-hmm. have them yellow yeah. fuzzy socks. And then you yeah. got the pole, and you're trying to hold on to the mm-hmm. pole. And- actually, no. Actually, the um, transplant they have a um, they have to have a um, it's like a cart. Okay. That you walk on, you have to hold like hold your hands over the top of the cart. I have a picture. I have a, I have a picture of it. I'll send it to you. Yeah. But yes, it's like a a, a cart, but it's, it's still hard either way. I'm like, how do you expect me not to fall and I got all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't have I didn't have the um pole. Actually I didn't I didn't I don't feel like I walked. I walked until two weeks after I had the LVAD. Mm-hmm. It was too painful to walk. Yeah. You know and it used to be to walk. I had to walk I had to learn how to learn how to walk again. You know, one of the things that I had to deal with after my LVAD surgery that I never thought of. Mm-hmm. I, I was constipated for two weeks. Huh? Yes, because you know. We talked about it last time. Yeah, yeah. We about that. That was the worst. That was worse than <laughs> that we were saying earlier. You know how you have one pain, you forget about the other pain. Mm-hmm. That that whole that maybe that's why my my uh, recovery was a little bit easier mm-hmm. because that was the worst. That was worse than the whole my chest being split open and all that. That was. Uh, mm-mm. Mm-mm. It was it terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> how are you? Like, how are you based on like based on pain, pain wise? How are you? I don't normally have too much pain. You know, I mean, I'm six what? years out, so yeah. So when I do have pain, it's because I've done something stupid. No, I mean, I mean during um during your recovery. Process. Oh, during my recovery. Yeah, I have a high tolerance for pain. Um, Me too, but still. <laughs> Now, I ain't going to front like it ain't hurt. Yes, it did hurt. It did hurt. But by the time I got home, um, it wasn't that bad. It was more uncomfortable than painful for me. Well, I was in pain all the way until I got home. And a few weeks after I got home, I was on pain meds. I well, See, I, did, I stopped the pain meds because Mm-mm. I felt that I was starting to enjoy them. And what? that was one problem I just didn't need. I just, uh-uh. yeah, because you know, I and I watch all the TV shows and how 
People, yeah, that's how they start out with a heroin mm-hmm. addiction because they had a surgery and they got on the pain yeah. meds. And no, I didn't need that in my life. No, I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was in pain, a real pain. Everything hurt all the time. Well, how was how long was it after your LVAD that you were able to get up and get out and kind of do your own thing? Um, had it in January, in April. <laughs> Okay. Is it April that I started um um cardiac therapy cardiac rehab? I think it was I think it was April. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was, I was hard headed. By myself. Mm-hmm. I was real hard headed, and that now that was the pain part. <laughs> I wasn't listening, and I got up and decided that I wanted to drive because I was grown. Good. I was a grown man. I had my own car. I wanted to drive to the store. You can't tell me I can't drive to the store. I won't drive to the store. And that drive what? to the store tore me up. It was like it set mm-hmm. me back like a whole week of recovery because I was hard headed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you listen to your doctors and your nurses. And listen to your body too. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. My mom had her eye on me like a hawk. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere. But I, I had to kind of get up and try to be independent. But yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, I did. I paid for it, mm-hmm. and that slowed me down a little bit. But still, I was yeah. real independent. I was real adamant about I'm not going to be laid up here. Um, <laughs> one of the things, my bedroom is upstairs in my house. Mm-hmm. But when I came home, I had to switch out with my son and have his bedroom because mm-hmm. it's downstairs. So mm-hmm. that was one of my goals. I want to be able to sleep in my own bed, and that helped. Mhm. It's just a lot actually, of little walking goals. Walking up the steps, walking up the steps. That's that was actually really hard when I came home from transplant surgery. Yeah. Oh, okay. From transplant. <laughs> yeah, actually, transplant and and I'm um, It was hard going up steps. Mm-hmm. I had to go upstairs to my room, and I had to, I had to take what five breaks. I had to climb two steps at a time. Mm-hmm. It was not pretty. <laughs> So, you know, and another thing that amazes me is like you, you have, you have this, you're very disciplined. I could tell by your workout (laughs) regimen that you're, you're disciplined. Mm -hmm. Did that help with your recovery? I I think it did. I think it did. Um, I like to be in a routine, create a routine for myself so that I'm able to follow it better or easier. Mm -hmm. But I am disciplined. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's time. I have to talk myself into going to the gym. What? How? <laughs> I, I just do. All right, so <clears throat> there's another thing we could talk about. Before um, we were talking, uh, I was telling you how I was going to the gym every day, um, mm-hmm. and then COVID hit, and that totally set me back a lot. Me too. Yeah, and now it's like I have to start over. Mm-hmm. And it's really frustrating yes. because, especially um, cardio wise, because mm-hmm. I had, so when I started, I was able to do a couple minutes on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. And then I built it up to five minutes. And I did five minutes mm-hmm. and then I was able to build it up to 10 minutes. To eventually, I was able to do 45 minutes to 60 minutes mm-hmm. on a treadmill. Man, I went to, what are you doing now? I went back to the gym <laughs> the other day. <laughs> I barely made seven. <laughs> what? I, I barely made seven because I haven't wow. been in the gym in a year. 
I've been sitting around the house and I've been going on walks. <clears throat> I go on walks. I work out at home. But it's, it's not the same to me. It's not the same. I, I to me, what? the gym oh. helped. It helps me to be in that gym um, environment. I think I get sidetracked too much at home, and it's too many um, things to distract me. The kids and the dog and. If my computer's here, I'm going to want to work. So I have to actually remove myself from that environment. What? And I don't have to be. I don't have to be in any in a gym at all. That see, but I have to work on that. That's <laughs> not. That's not me though. <laughs> so like when the earlier, it was easy to get in that routine because I I'm, I already had a routine where I had to get up at a certain time. I had to make sure mm-hmm. the kids was ready. I had to take mm-hmm. them to school, and on the way home from taking them to school, I just would go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easier. So that whole routine was blown mm-hmm. away with COVID because mm-hmm. now they yeah. don't leave the house. They're at sc- homeschooling. I don't have a reason to leave. The people are telling mm-hmm. you not to leave your house because the COVID is outside and it's going to get you. Mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm trying to get back into, now that I have my vaccine, now that I'm comfortable with going into the gym, I just mm-hmm. got to start building that routine every day. I did That's it five right. days a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see you. And I felt, I, I totally felt like I missed the gym when they said you couldn't go yeah. to the gym. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, what you mean I can't go to the gym? And people were like, you actually want to go to the gym? I was like, yeah, I like it now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but now really? it's like I got to start all over again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get past. By the time, good. By the time okay. school, my goal is by the time they get back into school mm-hmm. to be at least where I can do um, at least thirty minutes on the treadmill okay. now, because so when I say that, I used to do I used to do forty five to ninety minutes on a treadmill and still go out and work out for another thirty minutes to an hour. Yeah. So now my goal is to be able to stay at the gym for an hour, do thirty minutes of cardio and thirty minutes of working out. Yeah, so, I stay at the gym for three hours probably. Yeah. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I was a personal trainer before all this stuff happened. Before I was did bodybuilding, before any of that, I was a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's why you're gonna stay away from me because you will not hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm gonna, what do you mean hurt you? Uh, I'm gonna hurt you. I told you I'm a, I'm a, I might let you train me, Saga, because you said you're not going back to bodybuilding. No. So <laughs> I might have to do it for. But the I'll train Elvan. anybody who wants to do it. I'll train. I might have to do it for the Elvan <laughs> Nation. I might have to do it. Mm-hmm. Get out there and change. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be Elvad sexual chocolate. That's gonna be me. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Crazy. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm getting back on my whole physical journey. So that's why you should document it. Make sure we all see it. I'm thinking about Everybody, doing that. We all, we all want to see you. Yeah, I'm really thinking about because um, I got some other things I'm got on the wraps that. I'm, want to do for health wise Mm -hmm. and i am thinking about maybe making a whole new podcast about my journey do it do it do it (laughs) now you sound like me pushing you (laughs) (laughs) all right so what else you want to get off your chest while we're here um mental health Mm -hmm. i think it's so so very important to be able to unload yourself Mm-hmm. So to say, um, I feel like it's it's so. I think in our, in our in the black community, I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but me, um, 
it's looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Like you're weak or you can't handle, you can't handle that, you can't handle, handle this, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I feel like it's looked down upon in our, in our community. And I feel like it shouldn't be looked down upon because almost everybody has mental illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I, again, I've always said that <clears throat> you should be, there is a stigma. That, mm-hmm. And a lot of times in the, in the black community, they'd be like, no, you don't need no therapist. Just go to church. Exactly. But it's two different things. That's two Mm -hmm. different things, you know. You have a therapist and still serve God at the same time. Right. You can have Mm -hmm. your your spiritual health and your mental health. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, that's that's two different things. Mm -hmm. And you know, like you have doctors for other things. Like you Mm -hmm. have an eye doctor and then you have a general doctor and then you have a foot doctor. So why can't you have a head doctor? (laughs) Makes no sense. Right. Everything needs to (laughs) Yeah, but I, I feel you with the stigma. And then especially going through what we have gone through, you know. Bruh, like I would tell anybody to see therapy, see, see therapy. Actually, when I, when I had the um, LVAD surgery, um, palliative care came and told me all the time. Mm-hmm. Did they come see you? No. Oh. <laughs> no. well, but I, I did have. For, for two I, months, though. So I, I, was, I, I did have a psychologist. That through our LVAD program, through the Advanced Heart mm-hmm. Clinic, there's a psychologist mm-hmm. that talks to you and follows you. But yeah, yeah, I think I had that had that too. I think I don't I don't remember. I was out of, I was out of it. Yeah, and we we actually became pretty good friends. Um, but yeah, I think I do think that just as important as a physical therapist, you should be assigned mm-hmm. some type of. Um, mental therapist exactly yeah and just just for like if you go to the regular doctor it doesn't hurt to go see a therapist every once in a while it's not saying about a therapist there's nothing wrong with the therapist because people want want to say (laughs) that you on my other podcast i interview therapists and Mm -hmm. it's a stigma that people think that when you talk to a therapist you're crazy but Sometimes that I was could going crazy. Right. That could be preventive medicine. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was going crazy, yes. Yeah, and I think a lot of times when you it's just like a, a physical mm-hmm. ailment. If you don't take care of it, it's gonna get worse and worse. Exactly. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Exactly. It's nothing wrong with it at all. Mm-mm. At all. Yeah. And I'm actually thinking about now that my kids are getting older. Um, maybe we might do family therapy. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, not even not saying that like, there's nothing wrong because we get a you know we get we get along. We fight like the next mm-hmm. people, but we love each other like mm-hmm. the next family. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, especially you know my kids lost their mother too, so yeah, I th- I important. feel like it's things that especially with my daughter I may not be able to relate to mm-hmm. the way she needs me to relate to her. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to have that stigma growing up with that stigma that, you know, you can't reach out for help. And then, and then if you go to a therapist, it doesn't mean you, you, that you have mental problems mm-hmm. or any problems at all. Yeah. You go to a therapist, just have a therapist. I was talking to a therapist and she was telling me, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, I find my, I'm, I think I'm um, a borderline entrepreneur, right? 
Sometimes mm. it's good to hey. have. Hey. <laughs> Sometimes. Hold on, hold on. I got some foot. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to be able to talk to somebody who doesn't mm. have any type of vested interest in you. Exactly. Like, like it's good to bounce ideas off of a total stranger, for lack of mm. better words, than... You know, sometimes your people ain't going to see it the way you want them to see it. Your exactly. friends ain't going to see it. And you just need somebody mm-hmm. from the outside to look in and kind of give you some advice. It doesn't exactly. mean you got to do exactly what they said. It's just another angle for you to think about. Exactly. <sighs> Problems. <laughs> but, you know, and for me, though, doing these podcasts, that's therapy for me. I can, I can see that. And I feel that a lot of the people I talk it's to. It's therapeutic for me, too. Yeah, it's therapy for <laughs> Right. That's what I'm saying. It's to, to be able to get it off your chest. Because mm-hmm. we went through a unique situation mm-hmm. that just everybody can't understand. Mm-hmm. They want to understand no. and they mean well and all that. But until you, but nah. right, until you had to change, you'd be outside and you have your batteries beeping and you got to run to go exactly. change them. Exactly. Ain't nobody gonna understand that, you know. Mm-mm. So yeah, this is actually a, I never had a um I never had a um problem with batteries. Oh yeah, I went all the way to a restaurant in a whole another town. And I know you told me about that. One. Yeah, I was like, my I batteries. I don't leave my batteries anywhere. I always have them with me at all times. I, I've had. I, I, was, a, I, was, I was I was the um the patient the good patient. <laughs> So, you know, okay, and I'm, I'm going to tell myself. I was myself. the poster patient. <laughs> I'm going to tell myself a little bit. I always now, so after I've had my few little close calls, I always mm. have my batteries with me. They just may mm-hmm. not uh, technically be on me. How does that work? Because I keep, <laughs> I'm, I, I always drive everywhere I go. So I keep my backup you battery. You that one time. I know, and that's why I went back to. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> going to be the one to drive because <laughs> if I drive, I got everything I need. I'm good, you know. So yeah, I, always. I just had my son do it. That's one of my, and you know, you got got to make it a family thing. That's one of the things that mm-hmm. um, my son takes care of. He makes sure that I'm fully charged when I leave the house, and my battery bag is in the correct car. Because mm-hmm. that was an issue once before. <laughs> Wow. Because I have more than one I didn't, car. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't leave my, my batteries in the car, though. Yeah. And that I got, was weird. I was just one of the ones that wanted to walk around with the batteries all the time. I just, I just oh, that's so much. And so I'm like, I already got this. So then I, so in my, bat, my backup battery bag, though, I have three sets of batteries. That's six batteries, not counting the two that I'm yeah. wearing here. Mm-hmm. I'm just being extra because I've had it so long. I got so many batteries. I just I always Actually, I think I had, had um, I think eight batteries. Okay. I think eight. That sounds right. Maybe my, wrong. I don't know. Maybe it was eight. My son just snuck past like we just couldn't see his head. And I, saw him. Right. I saw him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just couldn't see that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I so that's how I get by with mine. I mean, it works for me for now. But I've been talking yeah, to people lately. When you slept, did you plug in or did you sleep on batteries? I was a potion patient <laughs> of <laughs> of the of the Elbad people in Washington D.C. Uh-huh. and I did what they told me to do. 
Well, I've been I talking to people lately. I slept, I slept um, attached to the wall. I've been talking to people lately that say they sleep on battery, and I, I just can't. I, I mean, I'm a wild, I'm a wild child, but I just that's certain things I gotta draw the line mm. at. I can't do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that. I do everything according to what they tell me to do. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That goes <laughs> back to I think though the discipline and the whole working oh, out yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. I think you would have been, if you would have went to the military, you would have been, um, <laughs> you'd have been up there. <laughs> yeah. I actually went to, um, I was actually a correctional officer and I was actually the, um, the class leader of my class mm-hmm. in uh, academy. I can, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. We can see that. I can see I just, with the, the whole discipline thing and yeah, I can see that. I can see you ex- excelling in that type of environment. Like I said, like that, the military, I think you you do good. Me, I'm too much of a, uh, I'm a wild. <laughs> I'm a, Boy, a wild child. I, 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 I tend to stretch the limits of what I can do. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess so. But, you know, with this, though, you know, it's not too much rule stretching you can do. You know, I think that's also helped me uh, with the discipline side, too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I have certain routines and especially with the medicines and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. how was your how was your uh, medicine routine after transplant? Um, It's fine. I do the same um, thing I was doing with the OVED. I mean, I take my medicine medicine in the morning. It has to take it 12 hours apart. So 12 hours. So I take it at nine and I take it at nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nine in the morning and nine at night. So one of the things that it helps me, because like I'm a little hard headed sometimes, the okay. fear of <laughs> having having to give myself a Lovenox shot. Did you ever have to take a Lovenox shot? I had, I had to do. You had to do Lovenox, and I had to do. Um, there's this other one for um, my white blood cell count was down, so I had mm-hmm. to take these um, shots. Yeah. See. Mm-mm. I'm yeah. Not, that's that. That's a whole nother mental game. It's, the <laughs> shot doesn't hurt. It's uh-uh. the whole mental game of exactly. having to stick myself with a needle. Actually, I could, I could I could do all the needles, but the one the one Nubigen, That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Nubigen shots. My mom had to give me those shots. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah, and the Lovenox shot to me hurts. It just no matter what I do. That, that, that needle is really small. The other needle for the um. Mm-hmm. The um, thing I just mentioned. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of them long it's ones, bigger. right? Yeah, it's so actually my, bigger than the other one. I I've take. Um, I mean, insulin. like bigger. I mean, I meant the width. The width is is mm-hmm. wider. The I take insulin, so I'm cool with that. I can take those. I'm used to that. Oh, it's not you do. Yeah, I'm cool with that. But it's something about that Lovenox shot, and it comes. It's already in the syringe, and it's like that big, and. Mm-hmm. So that keeps yeah. me on track with my medicine because I do not want to take the little knock shot. Actually, the little knock shots are really actually those are small. Those are okay, but the Nupigen shots. Yeah, see, I don't those, want no the, parts the, of that. Um, the, <laughs> the way you describe it, I don't want no parts of that. No mail. <laughs> <laughs> the width is different. I am compliant. So, actually, when I leave here I from this actually, interview, I'm getting ready to go to the lab to make sure my INR is straight. I hope so. Yeah. Actually, um, when I had the transplant, I had to actually check my blood sugar mm-hmm. every 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 time before I ate. Was it before I ate? Yeah, before I ate, 
and that's because I was on prednisone. Mm-hmm. So then, um, I was on prednisone. So sometimes prednisone makes you gain weight. We all know the side effects, mm-hmm. but sometimes it raises the blood sugar mm-hmm. on some people. So raise my blood sugar. So I had to check my blood sugar every time before I, I ate. Yeah, I could deal. I could deal with those pokes. Hate pricking my finger. Yeah, it's aggravating. Mm -hmm. It's very aggravating. I could deal with that, but sticking that long needle in my stomach is just. No, I'm not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Not a fan at all. It's not that bad. It doesn't even hurt. Okay. It's so small. And then I had to learn how to do it because I, the first time I did it, I think I did it too high on my abdomen and I bruised up real bad and it was real sore. Mm-mm. I'd rather not. I just make sure my <laughs> make sure my INR is good, do what I'm supposed to do, and we won't have no problems. Mm-mm. Actually, after my first stroke, I had to use overnight shots. So that was way back in 2014. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Mm-mm. I mean, but we all have our things, you know, and that's no, I don't like giving myself mm-hmm. shots at all. It's di- if somebody else can like give it to me hair. all day long, it's just me having to prepare. I have to sit there for like a good two or three minutes and just get my mind right. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I do. I <laughs> light a candle, play some music. <laughs> I just, I got to get my mind right before I can stick myself with this needle. Yeah. Actually, when I was in the hospital, they, they told me to um to give myself insulin. Do you want to do it? I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> you want us to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you the professional. You went to school for this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, mm. all right, Miss Rose. What else do you no. want to talk about? Actually, I think that's it. Did we hit them all? All right, you know you're yeah. more than welcome to come. I'm actually writing a book. Hey, <laughs> calm down. No, that's that's, a, that's exciting. Yeah. So okay, I want to be one of the first to get it, and when you put it out, you know you're more than welcome to come here, and we can talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Because quiet is kept. I'm Just doing kidding. quiet is kept. I'm doing the same thing. See, what are we gonna do? Ah, but I don't know. Okay, I have see. certain challenges with that. We'll we'll see how it goes. I really ain't want to say this, this is the first time I talked about it in public. I, I um, me too. Uh, well, <laughs> I found out. So when I went to school, when I went to college, I thought I wanted to be a teacher, and I mm-hmm. found out like early on that all my life I've been dyslexic and didn't know it. Oh, really? Yeah, and I didn't find out until I started studying to be a teacher. And we started talking about, you know, learning disabilities and different things. And I put two and two together. And I was like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> and then I talked to my mom. Yeah. And she was like, yeah. You still do it. Yeah. Yeah. You so, still do it. I, it's just the challenges with letters and words. And so. If I can get up here and talk. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get up here and talk. Anybody can do anything. Anything. So, so we're gonna have, we're gonna have to hold each other accountable. How about that? Okay, fine. All right, <laughs> all right, Miss Rose. Uh, so you know how I always end off all my episodes. If you had any advice to give anybody that had to go through this, what would you tell? Them? I would say get a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, pray. 
see God in everything you do. Because the road doesn't get easier, it gets tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, give it all to God. He'll take care of you. I'll take that. And that's it. I'll take mm-hmm. that. So how can people get in touch with you and what's your website and your social media? My social media is what is my social media? Um at I dot am dot live rose. That's L I V Rose. The website is www.heartofarose.com. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Ladies. And I support my fitness page. Okay. Um, What's the fitness page? That's live, right. Because you, you live, got a new one. Live Life Fit LLC. So L I V L Y Y F E F I C L L C dot com. I mean, yeah, that's it. All right. <laughs> Thank you for coming back. Um, I am. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I've worked out a couple of things. I think I've made a couple of upgrades. So, you know, of course, I want you to be on my ladies panel. I think I'm ready to do that soon. And I want to start. Hey, I'm here. I want to start recording that, you know, in in July. And now that I said it, I got to do it. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to do it. I'm going to keep you in check. I appreciate that, ma'am. Thank you very much. Uh huh. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of LVAD Talk. You can reach us at, on Instagram, actually on my personal Instagram at Sean Connors. Um, there is a new LVAD Talk Facebook page um, and website coming soon. It's being worked on as we speak. So look out for LVADTalk.com. Yes. All of it. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) my name is Sean. This is Olivia and we are out.